Hello and welcome to the MLM.com podcast. I'm your host, Kenny Rollins. Today on the podcast, we are joined by Gretchen and Elizabeth Heiskins, who are two of the founders of a unique direct sales company, Trades of Hope. Trades of Hope is a unique party plan company that is using the direct sales model to allow artisans around the world to bring their products to a larger market. Elizabeth and Gretchen, thank you so much for joining us. How are you this morning? We're doing well. Thank you so much for having us. Yes, thank you. It's really an honor to have you guys on. Um, Trades of Hope is a a very impressive company um, that I think is so unique because in the MLM and party plan space, we are so used to seeing companies provide their distributors and consultants with a chance to empower their lives and change their lives through a business opportunity and, and meaningful products. But one of the things you guys are doing that's so unique is is doing that kind of on both ends of the equation because your your products are actually produced by your artists and partners who you are giving people all around the world the chance to change their lives by producing products and then uh, creating a marketplace for them to sell those. So I wondered if maybe you could just give our listeners a little bit of a background on on how you guys came about this idea and, and what it is exactly that you're doing. Well, um, we kind of came at it um, a little bit backwards, I think, from most people who start um, party plan or direct sales companies. Um, we had been involved in charity a long time, about eight years before the earthquake in Haiti, and just realized that there were a lot of shortcomings to charity. It wasn't making the lasting effect that we had hoped to see in the community that we were working in. So although there is a place for charity, and um, you know, we, we very much encourage people to donate to charities, as we do as well, and um, but that really should be saved more for uh, natural disasters or things that need immediate response. But we're really interested more in long-term development and really um, look at our artists and partners now as dignified partnerships that we can have. So we saw, you know, we worked in the countries and we saw that they were making beautiful things. Um, I really experienced firsthand that they were so incredibly capable, you know, these people in underdeveloped countries, they've had to deal with way more than I have even fathomed of dealing with. You know, um, they're resourceful and strong and would like to be independent, just like the rest of us. And so um, I was talking to a friend of mine, Holly, um, about the idea of going more into microfinancing, starting small businesses with women, just really giving them opportunity to thrive. And she was telling me that she had recently been at a uh, party plan company party. And she was thinking, wow, what an amazing business model. You know, wouldn't it be great if we could do this and somehow help people all over the world and and really thought about empowerment in that way. So um, that we were just walking on the beach one day and I was just telling her kind of what I was thinking. She was just telling me kind of what she was thinking. And we kind of looked at each other and thought, huh, Maybe there's something interesting here. And uh, we called our daughters who were actually traveling in Italy at the time um, on a school trip and said, hey, we have this idea to Elizabeth and Chelsea um, that we would love to to do this, right, to partner with these artisans. And, um, yeah, they were very excited about it and enthusiastic, and that's where their heart is, too. And so that was kind of the beginning of Trades of Hope. Well, and I find that interesting. So, uh 
Gretchen, you don't come from a network marketing background, so the the direct sales approach was new to you. Is that correct? Yes. Besides, besides attending many parties, <laughs> um, it was a new concept. And as we began to research and explore in the very beginning weeks, um, you just learned how, what a powerful tool it is. And that's really how you can just reach the most people in all of these diverse areas. So that was interesting. And then uh, shortly after we started Trades of Hope, a friend of mine told me, um, she's also in the direct sales world, and she said, you know, um, the direct sales and, um, you know, social marketing is really, it was a key element to women's equality in the United States and got brought many more people into the workforce. And so that was a fascinating idea too, because that's kind of when I started to realize how women here in the U.S. Um, and your consultants in general are, are empowered as well. So it was really kind of this beautiful combination. Yeah, and and that is one of the things that I think is so powerful about uh, the the direct selling space is it 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 has been um, a method or a means for people to really gain independence. Um, and anybody who has a desire and, and is willing to go out there and 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 get after it um, can create uh, uh, um, can empower themselves and free themselves um, but let's talk a little bit more about your artisan partners so uh, all of your products as I understand it come from people around the world who who are artisan part partners that are locally sourced so how is it that you get connected with um, these people who are producing these products yeah, this is Elizabeth here. Um, we have, when we started in the beginning, we really just did some networking through some contacts that we had in Haiti um, that we gained through our, our charity work there for about eight years and um, heard that there were groups that were being created and being started that um, were creating a product and then really just throwing it on social media, on Facebook and selling it that way. Um, on a very small scale. And of course, at that time, I remember right before starting Tradespoke holding a bracelet from Uganda that was um, spun out of recycled magazines. And the beads were all made out of recycled magazines. And it was so cool. So we heard, we learned more and more about um, groups and co-ops that were um, evolving all around the world. And um, one of those first groups that we partnered with was through um, contacts that we had made in Haiti. Um, and that's kind of how we started, just reaching out through networking. But very quickly, um, groups started contacting us, hearing about what we were doing and saying, hey, there, I have this group of women and they really just need an opportunity to change their circumstances through the skills and the intelligence um, thoughts and ideas that they have. And, um, we would love to make a product for you. And from there we would figure out what their natural resources are in that country and what materials they could get consistently for us to sell a product and add it to our line. Um, and today we have an artisan application on our website, which is very extensive to ensure that all of the groups and co-ops are, um, safe and keeping the artisans, um, 
future and health and really their dreams of where they want to go in life a priority. Um, because so much around the world that we buy is created in sweatshops or um, in slums and not paying people a fair wage and they are toiling for basically nothing. And so we love that all of our products are made in safe working conditions. All of our artisans are earning a livable wage for their country and region. And um, yeah, now you know, the the word has spread through the grapevine and we have groups contacting us regularly to create products for us. Yeah, and that is just amazing. And I think, you know, so many people, um, well, with the, the internet today, you can find products from all over the world and, and you really do wonder about what's going on behind these products. How do I know that they're responsibly being made and that I'm not uh, contributing to to poor working conditions. Um, and I think that, you know, with the bombardment of information and misinformation that, that we have in today's world, that is one of the places that network marketing really shines is um, we we have these connections throughout the world and, and a chance to really help one another uh, and know that, that what we're doing is more responsible and socially responsible. So I'm curious, uh, as you guys have, have been doing this, um, what effect are you seeing on your artists and partners? I know that, that you guys follow up with them, and uh, what what is the, the impact uh, that, that it's having on their lives? Well, we have seen women be able to step out of abusive home situations, and um, for the some women have their own beds for the first time in their lives. Uh, women that are so happy they can put their kids in school, um, and it's so funny because you see such a physical change. We have uh, firsthand witnessed some just amazing stories where women had literally just come in off the street. Um, one woman, Gina, she had tried to find a place to give her baby away to, um, Chris and Ali. Um, she was just really desperate. And Gina herself was really um, thin and not well kept. And you could just tell her heart was hurting and she was feeling very desperate. So one of our artisan group leaders had uh, met her and found her and uh, brought her into the co-op. And Gina was started to work the next day, and then Chris Lee could be in the daycare. And we happened to be there visiting the, that first day that they had started. It was just such a sad situation. Well, we went back the next year, and um, someone said, oh, there's Gina. And I really thought they were just totally wrong. I'm like, well, that's not Gina. I mean, this woman looked 10 years younger. She had gained weight. She was giggling. Um, she was just a completely different person and the joy radiating out of her was so obvious. So that was a kind of really concrete example that we got to experience. Um, through Trades of Hope, we've been able to start a school in India. And so there are a lot of our artisans have their kids in that school. Um, we help support some schools in Haiti as well, because obviously we believe in education and the power of education. It's just really, um, it's amazing how much a job and being able to, you know, take control of your own life and your own economic situation, um, it, it just changes everything. And we've seen women become leaders in their own communities and uh, just much more respected by men in general as well. It does give them 
um, a bit more power to be able to make good choices for themselves and for their families. You know, and I think that that harkens back to one of the points you made earlier where uh, charity certainly does have a, a place in this world and a boost to a person's self-esteem and self-worth that come from being able uh, to provide for yourself um, and to be able to uh, engage and make a difference in your life and, and to see the effect that it has on your loved ones, right? So I, I just can't imagine the heartbreak that people would feel um, feeling like they're not fulfilling their role as a parent or as a, a, um, as a family member. Um, and so the thing that really touches me when I, as I've talked to you guys and, and heard about this story is the self-fulfillment that a person would get from saying, hey, I'm not just looking for a handout. I'm looking for a way uh, to better my situation. And it's not that these people don't want to work or, or aren't talented, but there are so many unfortunate situations around the world. So that is just amazing to me. And, and I know I probably sound like I'm just gushing, but I, I just think this is such a, a cool thing that you guys have done. And I'm curious how um, your consultants, or I, I know you guys call them compassionate entrepreneurs, how it affects them to know that the products they're selling are making such a difference. Have you guys seen that? And especially where they're also trying to improve their lives. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm very curious about the culture that it creates and the connections that, that it builds. Uh, and maybe if you could give me some insight into that. Yeah, um, it's been amazing because the purpose that our compassionate entrepreneurs have by empowering our artisan partners around the world, that purpose um, just lends to them feeling so much ownership over Trades of Hope and over their own Trades of Hope businesses. Um, they, I think everyone has a desire to make the world a better place or at least to have some kind of purpose in life. And I know for um, a lot of women, it's hard to feel like you are able to live out your um, world bettering purpose when you have kids or you have another job or um, you maybe woke up one day and you're not really sure how your life got to where it's at and you're realizing you're not contributing to the world in in a, a way that you had always hoped for. And so uh, it's been exciting to see our compassion entrepreneurs just come alive. Mm -hmm. um, by finding a purpose and a way to make the world better, but without having to sacrifice time with their children, without having to um, sacrifice just their presence in their home. And um, some are doing it without even sacrificing their, um, their daily jobs. And so I, I know that as, as a child and having done so much nonprofit work on the ground in Haiti, um, it's hard to come back to your normal day-to-day -day life um, after knowing the reality that is occurring around the world. And um, it can lend to someone feeling really torn and really, um, I guess, feeling unsettled and confused because you have a life and a family and responsibilities here in America, but then what can you do about the problems that you know about around the world? So Trades of Hope is awesome because it allows someone to touch lives around the world without sacrificing their um, daily routines here in America. Um, and in addition to that purpose and the joy that comes from 
serving other people in a way that is greater than yourself. We have seen compassionate entrepreneurs um, thrive through the financial gains that they have earned as being a compassionate entrepreneur. Um, we know of women who have used their their commissions from their sales to um, start college funds for their kids and who have gifted um, large gifts for their husband or for the first time is contributing to their financial situation of their home and not just relying on their husband to do that. And um, I know that there's been a sense of um, pride and relief when they can say, my husband's worked so hard for our family the last, you know, X number of years. And I, it feels so good to contribute as well now. Um, we've just seen them reach for their own dreams. And that's a big reason why Trades of Hope is so awesome and fun and joyful is because our compassionate entrepreneurs are reaching for their dreams as our artisan partners are reaching for theirs. And it creates a beautiful, dignified partnership between compassionate entrepreneur and artisan. Wow, that, that is just amazing. Uh, so how many uh, countries do you have artisan um, partners in? Uh, and and you have, I don't know, I, I know I'm kind of asking you to come up with stats just, just off the top of your head, but if you could give us some insight into, into the number of countries that you guys are working with and the number of people. Well, um, the easiest answer is we work with about 15 different countries and uh, 29 different artisan groups. At times we pull in, um, you know, some special Christmas ornaments from Vietnam or, you know, some things left or right. But but we always have at least 15 the past few years. So do you remember the number of consultants, Elizabeth? Or, I mean, artisans? Yeah. In um, 2016, we helped employ over 13,000 um, artisans around the world. And then we found out that uh, just through some more digging and question asking and inquiring with our artisan groups, we found out that because those 13,000 people were employed, 42,000 people were positively affected because women usually will um, reinvest in their families and communities, um, 90% of what they earn. And, and usually statistically, when a woman rises out of poverty, she brings about four more people from her family or community with her. So in 2016, over 14, four, I'm sorry, 42,000 people were affected by the work that Trades of Hope is doing. Well, that is, that is uh, really incredible. I know that uh, I've taken quite a bit of your time this morning, and, and I want to be uh, courteous to that. But, you know, one of the things that, that we've seen uh, in, in the U.S., so just a, as a little bit of digression and a little bit of background. So I've grown up my entire life within this industry um, and been around many, many different companies, and, and I've seen the good and the bad. Um, and I've also seen a lot of outside attacks on the industry. Uh, one of the things that, that I find fascinating is that um, you guys – came on to the network marketing scene really to, to fulfill a need uh, of trying to uh, lift people out of poverty. And I'm, I, I'd be curious uh, to get your feedback uh, as people who really are coming at the industry from the outside and now ha have been working for many years within the industry, what are some of the, the positives or what are some of the th What's some of the feedback that you guys have about the network marketing industry and, and, and some of the things that it's allowed you guys uh, and allowed your uh, uh, compassionate entrepreneurs to, to achieve? 
Well, you know, I, we just had a big event in Nashville, um, our annual event. And one of the talks that I gave there was just um, basically how we are completely head over heels in love with the industry itself. You know, we were in love with Trades of Hope for a long time, but the more we've learned and the journey that we've been on and the more people that we have come into contact with, um, it's just shown what a what a supportive positive environment that the industry is all on it on its own really um we went to dsa for the first time thinking that it would be you know kind of cutthroat and competitive and everyone was open and friendly and supportive and ceos go out of their way to support other ceos and it just is an amazing family loving environment actually um within traits of hope I'm just so blown away. We we really didn't anticipate or even really get to think about the power of the sisterhood. Our culture within Trades of Hope is um, very uplifting and positive and celebratory. I mean, where else in the world can you go start your own business and you get all of that, right? Most of the time you're kind of like an island. But um, the sisterhood and seeing 500 compassionate entrepreneurs last weekend come together and for one thing, it's like a big family reunion, but then they're just so supportive of helping each other build their businesses in practical and just emotionally supportive ways as well. And yeah, I just don't know where else in the world you would get something so powerful. You know, like I said, I, 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 I declared my bias beforehand. I've, I've, I've been around the industry my entire life, but I do like uh, hearing and, and letting our listeners hear uh, different people's perspective, uh, because so often we we do hear about kind of the negative, but it it is true. There's there's a community there, uh, and there's an opportunity that that's unlike any others. Uh, and you guys have taken that and really uh, done something unique and done something powerful with it. The last thing that that I want to, you know, I want to touch on one thing you said, which is the in the direct selling space. It, it really is impressive because it's not so cutthroat. And I think a lot of that comes down to the fact that it really is a means of distributing product and most of the products don't actually compete one with another. So it does create kind of a unity because uh, I can be selling uh, wellness items and feel very good about supporting Trades of Hope who is providing products that, that aren't directly competing with mine. Um, and with that in mind, tell our listeners how, uh, how they can go learn more about what you guys are doing. Yeah, um, so all of our information is at tradesofhope.com. And there's lots of information about, um, of course, our artisans, um, all of our products. But then, of course, there is information about what life is like as a compassion entrepreneur and how um, being a part of trades of hope uh, that is in the direct sale industry, how it can be so uplifting and so encouraging and really just complementary to your life. Mm -hmm. Um, Where else can you start a business that, um, that launching that business fits into your life rather than Mm -hmm. replacing it completely. Um, And then of course, where do you get um, thousands of other people who are in the same boat as you at the same time? So very exciting, very encouraging. Um, and there's also information about hosting parties, um, whether they're in home or online. Um, and 
yeah, we, we are really excited about it. And there are a lot of ways, either by shopping, hosting, or joining for everyone to get involved at whatever level they are excited to be involved. <laughs> well, perfect. I, that's exactly what I wanted to hit on because I, I do think there's a, a place for for everybody to go out and, and see what you guys are doing. And, uh, you know, we we all kind of rise together in this industry as, as we support one another. Um, Elizabeth and Gretchen, I want to thank you so much uh, for your time this morning, but also for, for the wonderful work you guys are doing uh, in promoting just good around the world. And uh, so thank you so much. Well, thanks for having us. And thank you for being so supportive of the idea. It's good encouragement for us as well. <laughs> Well, great. We look forward to to watching uh, as Trades of Hope continues to to improve the world, and and we hope to have you on the podcast again soon. All right. Thank you so much. That's it for today's episode. We hope you enjoyed listening. We'd love to get your feedback, and hope you'll rate us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. We want to give a special thank you to Gretchen and Elizabeth for their time this morning, and also a thank you to Adam Holdaway and Janet Bangeter for production support. I'm your host, Kenny Rollins, and hope you'll join us next time.